Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayelech. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Vayelech has two positive mitzvos, and they are the completion of the 613 mitzvos of the Torah. The 612th mitzvah is that of Hakel, to gather the entire nation, men, women, and children, on Mutsoe Shviyas, which means on the Chag HaSukos, right after the Shemitah year, which is this coming uh, Sukos, Habal Leinu Latova, in Eretz Yisrael, on the second day of Sukos, which is the first day of Cholamoi in Eretz Yisrael, the king reads from Sefer Devarim to the people. In many ways, it's like a giving of the Torah, incredible excitement and showing how the role of the king is so connected with Torah. And finally, the last mitzvah is that of writing a Sefer Torah, I give a bracha to everybody that you should have the ability to write a Sefer Torah, to commission the writing of a Sefer Torah. And the Chinuch very clearly says that included in this mitzvah is the obligation to have a Jewish library. By having a Jewish library, the individual is going to be able to study more, to lend to others. A very important point that Torah constantly is being expanded, developed, and thank God we live in a time where there's so much proliferation of Torah. We should be privileged to constantly buy, and more important, read and study the many new svarim that Baruch Hashem are there to guide us and inspire us. This Shabbos is called Shabbos Shuva. It is the Shabbos of the Aseris Yemeit Shuva, and it happens to be the Haftorah that we read Shuva Yisrael, that the Jewish people are commanded to do Shuva. And like Rabbeinu Yonah says, that while there is a mitzvah to do tshuva all year long, there is a specific mitzvah, ki bayom as the Pasuk says at the end of the Avodah that we're going to read, Amir Sashem, next Wednesday, as part of not only Kriyas HaTorah, but then the Avodah, of Yom HaKippurim, which is a, the hallmark of the Musaf on Yom Kippur, that there's a separate mitzvah from the Torah, according to Rabbi Yonah, to do tshuva on Yom Kippur. Therefore, the uh, minhag throughout the Jewish world is that the Rav 
gives a drusha on this Shabbos related to tshuva. And so I'd like to share with you a very interesting idea that I found in Rav Nevinsol Shlita, the Rav of the Old City in Yerushalayim. I'd like to share with you a very fascinating insight that he brings. I'd be honored if you brought to the table the Chumash and take a look at the end of chapter 16 in Vayikra, which is the Avodas Yom HaKippurim. So until Pasuk 29, we're talking specifically about the service in the Beis HaMikdash, starting with Pasuk 29. The Torah says, This shall remain for you an eternal decree. Now what does that mean, an eternal decree? The simple explanation is that this is another proof that the Torah was not written by any man, because no man 3,300 years ago would be able to say that there always will be a Yom Kippur. The best he could do is, there's a Yom Kippur now, and he hopes for the future. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who wrote the Torah, wrote, Poshib Shah, that this institution of Yom Kippur, which we're calling a Chok, this will be eternal. But, says Rav Nevinsol, I'd like to suggest another explanation for this term, Chukas Olam. Now, if you take a look, we have it once in Pasuk Chavtes 29, then go to Pasuk Lamed Aleph. The Torah ends that Pasuk. We know there are five restrictions, as we'll talk about before Yom Kippur. Second time, Chukas Olam. And the third time in this Perek, last Pasuk, Three times at the end of Achrimos, we have this phenomena of Chukas Olam. Now, go to Parshas Emor. And there, in chapter 23, Pasuk, 31, four times you have that term, chukas olam. Now what might be the chok of Yom Kippur? Now you could say that maybe the whole idea of the so'ir hamishtaleach, that which is called the scapegoat, the namely, the goat upon which the Kohen Gadol, recites the vidui for all of Klai Yisrael, and it's taken into the desert, it's thrown off a high mountain, it's dismembered, and when that occurs, the red scarlet scarf 
not a thread that you couldn't see, a scarf turned white. Whoa! Is that the chok of Yom Kippur and the Poraduma that this occurred outside the Beis Hamikdash, and that the Soir Hamishtaleach gives Kapora, and the one who brings it becomes Tamei. Sounds like, and you're right, the Poraduma, same thing. There too, it is the Avoda of the Pora is outside the Beis Hamikdash, and there too, the one who engages with it becomes Tomei. Is that the Chok? Says Rav Nevinsol, no. Because really, we don't understand how any carbon works. How does it work that by the sprinkling of the blood, a person or the community becomes forgiven? If a person brings, for example, a korban chatos or a korban osha, and therefore suggests Rav Neventhal something very sharp. What does it mean, chukas olam, that the very day of Yom Kippur and the essence of the day, a day whereby the individual community get kapora, get forgiveness, get tara, a purified. This is against the nature of the world. Now what does that mean? In the world as we know it, you and I can control to whatever extent the present, whatever you and I do now, and the future, what we're going to do. But what control do we have over the past? And the answer is absolutely none. You could regret the past, granted, but you can't undo the past. So, for example, I broke your window. Oy, oy, oy. Whether I did it intentionally, whether I did it by accident, I damaged your property. And you come running out and you say, you didn't. Oh my goodness, this window costs today $1,000, maybe even more. You'll see me, you say, you owe me the money. And he's right. An hour later, he gets an email. Whoa, he won the lottery. He has so many millions. He says to me, you didn't. Forget it. Come on, it's only $1,000. I have so many million. So he is able to forgive me for the past, but the glass is still on the floor. And therefore, any wrong that you have done to somebody else, you must go and ask forgiveness for it. However, take the following case, that you tell your secretary that she should make a reservation for the fanciest kosher restaurant. You have a client you want to impress, told me a kosher, etc., and you get there like a big shot and say table for two and you give your name. He looks, sorry, no reservation. Look again, look again. Sorry, no reservation. He calls the secretary. She says, oh, I forgot. He says, I forgot to tell you, you're fired. Now what? There's a non-kosher restaurant across the street. So he says, look, I'll have vegetables. I'll, uh, I'll play with the food. Now listen carefully. He ate the vegetables. Okay, and maybe he might have eaten worse. And it's all on video. 
in the restaurant. If he does tshuva, what does that mean? There's hakoras hachit. He recognizes what he did was wrong. He's misvadeh. When he says oshamnu, it's not just a general term. He's specific. He specifies, I ate non-kosher. I feel so sorry. He regrets. He has a resolve. I will not do it again. Are you holding on to your hats? What does Yom Kippur tell us? It never happened. He never ate. What do you mean he never ate? There's a video. Forget the video. He never ate. The ability to undo the past. It never happened. Now, therefore, as we've been saying in Slichos over these last several nights, the Gemara in Psachim, Nun Dalid, teaches that there are seven phenomena that were created before the world was created. And what are they? So the Gemara says, one, Torah. Now why was Torah created? Because in order to create the world, you need a blueprint. So his Takel Beoraisa, as the Zohar teaches, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looked into the Torah and created the world. So Torah had to be here before the world was created. Tshuva. Ah, we just said, in order for Tshuva to work, there had to be this creation is a new creation before creation of the world because once the world was created man cannot undo the past Hashem created a new Bria it's a new phenomena whoa we should appreciate this and realize what an incredible gift Yom Kippur is literally that there is reward and punishment that nobody wants to get namo de kisufa nobody wants to get a freebie that you're just given good no you want to work for it you have to deserve it and just be aware there are consequences to our actions but once again hashem is putting a motif into the world. Hashem is putting a purpose into the world. So before He even created the world, He said there will be a purpose for the world. The purpose for the world is to emulate God. He is good. We are to be good. He is Rachum Vachanun, etc. He's MS. He's trustworthy. He's honest. That's how we are to be. And the Gemara goes on to say, Kisei HaKovod, Literally, that our souls come from beneath God's precious heavenly throne of glory. Pesamigdosh, woe, that there is a place down here in this world for man to actualize his potential of getting close to Hashem in this world. And finally, Shmo Shel Moshiach, literally the name of the Moshiach, built into the world is that there is going to be the ultimate redemption. Built into the world is the concept of Moshiach. So therefore, says Rav Nevin Sol Shlita, the Chukas Olam of this day is the ability of man to undo the past. He never ate. Whoa. This is such a powerful idea. 
and I pray that this idea is going to give us the opportunity that even if a person says, it's too late for me, listen carefully. In the tefillah, whereby at the end of Slichos each night we include Al Tashlicheni Le which is, as Rashi says, not as you and I understand it, that don't please. Uh, Cast me to my old age, when my strength has been taken away from me. No, no. Rashi learns, Ace Zikna, don't forsake me, even if my sins have become very old. I've done it last year, I've done it the year before. Any hope for me? Yes, that's Yom Kippur. And each and every one of us, to the best of our ability. And finally, one quick thought from the Mabit. There are certain mitzvot that it's all or nothing. What a beautiful lulav. What a nice esrog. And three gorgeous hadasim. And he doesn't have any aravos. What does he have? He has nothing. He can't make a bracha. Oh my goodness, let's open up the tefillin. And what do we find? Three out of the four parshios. And what do you got? You got nothing. Because there are certain mitzvos that, come on, are all or nothing. But when it comes to tshuva, keep this in mind. There's no question. We pray for hachzirenu b'shuva shleimu l'fanecha. There's no question that we always want the best. And the best is a complete and total tshuva. However, if however we're not worthy of that, of this complete and total tshuva, then just understand that every small step, every small issue, positive point that an individual takes upon themselves is not just significant but most welcome by Hashem. And therefore, what did we say at the end of the Haftorah for the second day of Rosh Hashanah? Says Hashem, Shemoah Shamati Ephraim misnoded. What does that mean? I have heard Ephraim taking small steps. Start with small steps, my friends, but be excited about the special gift of the tshuva of Yom HaKippurim. Wishing everybody a gemar chasimu tova.